Welcome to the Darwinian Demon Podcast. In life, as one grows older, you start to see a lot of patterns just living as a per, as a as a person in society you start to see a lot of of patterns same thing happens in science too well, there there're clear patterns in the realm of science there's clear things that we see over and over again that's that that are patterns and even as you mature as a scientist you see more and more patterns you see things that just keep getting repeated over and over again. You see these patterns. And the thing about these patterns is we're part of the reason that they're so interesting, regardless of what the pattern is, is because you, you're always in this position where you're trying to look at the pattern and figure out from the pattern what the mechanism is, what, what mechanism explains, what mechanism generates this pattern. So these patterns, they have these mechanisms. You know, I mean, some of the patterns, some of the patterns that we see all the time, right? I mean, recently, you know, recently, uh, all these shooters, all these people just shooting people. We see that increasing. It seems like it's increasing. It seems like it's more and more frequent. It's a lot more frequent than it used to be. And it seems like it's, you know, there are more people being killed. You know, in, in biology, one pattern that you see over and over again is this pattern of hybrid advantage, sometimes called heterosis, where hybrids between either closely related species or species or, or populations, sorry, of the same species, the hybrids between them have a lot higher fitness than either of the parents. So there's this hybrid advantage, this advantage to being a hybrid. I mean, there's some things you never see. You never see, like, homeless hotties, right? You never see a super attractive 22-year-old homeless person. You don't see that person with a cardboard sign, right? There's, some, there's something that explains that. I mean, similarly... A lot of times you see rich dudes with young wives and you want to explain, what is the mechanism? Why is she with him? You know, you want to know the mechanism for what explains that. You say, well, he's probably rich or maybe that's his daughter, right? You need a mechanism to, to explain that. We always want some mechanism. And for all these patterns, we want a mechanism. We want to know what all these patterns that I just talked about, you know, the shooters, the homeless hotties, or lack of homeless hotties, hybrid advantage, rich dudes with young wives. Want to know why? Why is that? Why, why do we see that or, didn't, or don't see it? What is the mechanism? Because we all want to know how the universe works. That's the thing we all want to know. We all want to know that stuff. We all want to know how it works. And so we're interested in mechanisms. Mechanisms are really important. Oh, yeah, and then one other pattern. All these, uh, all the sexual harassment stuff that's in the news now. 
It seems like it seems like every couple of days lately, there's some high level executive, usually in the media, who gets busted for uh, for sexual harassment, and uh, the pattern is the pattern that I'm talking about is, you know, there's usually three or four victims that show up and raise their hands and say, hey, I was sexually harassed by this person. You know, and it used to, and this is really new, it's like a lot of these guys are getting busted for all this sexual harassment. And um, again, this pattern suggests a mechanism. This is an easy one to suggest, right? It's an easy mechanism. Like the mechanism that's driving this pattern is these dudes are really sexually harassing people. So, mechanisms understanding the mechanisms really lets you understand a pattern and can reveal what's going on and how the world works it can also lead to accurate predictions when you once you understand a mechanism it can lead to accurate predictions so uh, again like we talk about like these sexual harassers right you can predict now so you take like Harvey Weinstein Put Harvey Weinstein in charge of another movie. You can predict what's going to happen now. Not so much based on the pattern, but based on the mechanism. You know the mechanism. He's, you know, he's sexually harassing people. So you, you know what's going to happen. Same thing with, the, with, a lot of other, with, with a lot of other phenomenon. And that's especially true in science. It's especially useful in science. To under, understanding the mechanism. I mean, it's almost, it's almost a waste of time, nearly, to just show patterns without trying to understand the mechanisms that produce those patterns. And so there's two, you know, I like to talk about science, especially evolution, and things that are going on in society. And there are two things one in science and one in society that two patterns that I really have always had a lot of difficulty understanding because I don't totally understand the mechanism. And one of them is, the first one is, is in the realm of science, in the realm of evolution. And that is, and that's been the thing that I've pursued a lot in my work. And it's really about um, local adaptation and specifically why why are populations not always best adapted to their local environments? So you have organisms that live in some local environment and then other members of the same species might live in another environment. And often, not all the time, but often what you find is that one of the populations just has higher fitness in both of those environments. Even in even the environment that it's not native to, that the environment that's a foreign environment to it. So what is the mechanism that produces this pattern? I'm not sure what that mechanism is. And then the other one, the other pattern that I see is basically this this persistent um, the persistent racism in America. Like why? Why is America such a racial climate? Why does it have such a racial climate? Why is this why is all this racism still around and such at such high levels? 
Like, what is it really? What is it that's really driving it? You know, you can't, I mean, beyond just saying, oh, well, people are just racist. People were born racist and their parents raised them racist. I don't know. I think that's, a, that's too simple. I don't know about that mechanism. Because if that were the mechanism, I think racism would be decreasing. And it'd be decreasing a lot faster. And I'm not sure racism is decreasing. I'm not sure. I mean, people just, people just say that. But I, I, I don't know about any real data that, that really supports that. Maybe it is. Maybe it's true. But it doesn't seem to be true. And I still think if it were, if racism were decreasing, I think it should be decreasing a lot faster than it is if, if the mechanism was simply people were raised racist and then so they pass on the racism. I'm not sure about that. So, but first, let's talk a little bit about this local adaptation issue. The pattern that I see in evolutionary biology that I don't understand the mechanism is for is why is it so often that populations, if you compare multiple populations of a species when these, and populations from different environments, you often find one population that has highest fitness in many different types of environments, even environments that it's not native to, that it has no experience in, which also means that populations that are native to some of those environments, they, while they're native to those environments, they don't have highest fitness in those environments. They have low fitness in those environments sometimes. And so I'm always left trying to understand, well, what is this mechanism? Because it would be good to be able to predict when you would have, when a population would be locally adapted and when it wouldn't be. So there's, there's some reasons why you might expect that. So first of all, maybe, maybe some populations are, quote unquote, they they you know low quality, like low genetic quality. So maybe they're they're inbred, you know, sort of like, you know, Appalachian, you know, the stereotypical Appalachian small town somewhere, right, where everybody is everybody's first cousin, something like that, right? So maybe these populations are highly inbred, and so the, the reason that the reason that you see this lack of local adaptation so often is because you're comparing populations that are highly inbred to populations that are not highly inbred. And so while it may, at times you may think, well, yeah, these populations are, some populations are adapted to their native environments and other populations are not well adapted. What's, what's really going on is you're comparing populations with different levels of inbreeding. And so the populations that aren't really inbred, they just do better everywhere, regardless of where they are, compared to populations that are inbred. That could, be, that could be the case. That could be one of the drivers. Another one similar to that is just the, really similar to that is also the case of small population size, where populations could have small size. Populations could be small. And, you know, I haven't really talked about this too much, in this podcast, but small populations 
it's really hard for natural selection to work on small populations. So small populations can what they call drift, meaning that small populations can can harbor, can have deleterious alleles. They can basically maintain individuals with, with low fitness in them just because the population is really small. So that might be one of the mechanisms. Could be the seasonal environments that we, we think the, 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 the seasonal environment might have an effect. So we could be, you know, you, you could be trying to compare populations from a warm environment to populations from a cool environment when what's really important isn't this average temperature in both environments. It could be what, what could be important is seasonal variation. So population from the warm environment and the population from the cool environment, they may not actually, when the plants or animals or whatever are actually living in those environments, they may not actually face these real strong environmental differences because, you know, w one population had one population is, is living when, or is growing during the warmer parts of the year. So like a population that's, that has a, that, that's from this cool environment might be growing at a time that's warmest in that cool environment, and then the population from the warm environment might be growing at a time that's coolest in that warm environment. So when, they too, when, they actually are, when they're actually growing, the temperature differences may not be all that important. Or just you think you're looking at, you think what's important is, well, these populations, these populations are from warmer or cooler, cooler environments, so you might think that the average temperature is what's important, but really what the populations are adapting to is seasonal variation. So maybe populations that are adapted, populations are really adapting to the variation across the, across the year and not so much to, to, to warm or cold climates. So basically, you may think you're seeing environmental differences and you don't. That might be one one mechanism that's explaining some of those, some of the variation. And so you may not actually be comparing populations from different environments or environments that are as different as you might think they are. I mean, another another mechanism could be for, for a lack of local adaptation, it could be like there just hasn't been enough time for natural selection to work. That one seems a little far-fetched to me, though, because, you know, we know from evolutionary biology that a lot of times natural selection can, can occur really, really fast, especially for the kinds of traits that are involved in, in local adaptation, so variation within a species. Differences between species, of course, they take a lot longer to arise, but some of the variation that you see within species, that, that can happen really fast. I mean, on the, you know, just think about all the crops. Think about crop plants. You know, there's been quite a bit of variation, quite a bit of evolution in these crop plants. And that all happened really fast. So this mechanism, the mechanism that drives this is really important. It's really important to understand this mechanism because then you can predict when you might actually see the local adaptation. Now, again, as with many things in biology, none of these mechanisms, these possible mechanisms for lack of local adaptation that I've talked about, None of them are mutually exclusive, right? They could all be simultaneously happening. Some could be happening in some species, and other mechanisms could be driving other species. But 
as a biologist, what I really like to know is, well, which ones are most common? And or or even better, when do you expect one mechanism versus the other mechanism? And that's that's what we that's the kind of thing we'd like to know. I mean, just a, a quick example. So let's say the mechanism for this lack of local adaptation is is this idea of inbreeding and, or small population size, right? Let's say it's it's small population size resulting in inbreeding, which is entirely possible, which is actually the, the mechanism that I think is probably the leading mechanism for, for a lack of local adaptation. So if that is the mechanism, then what you should see is, you should see, basically, if you look for local adaptation between populations, if you are able to measure the population sizes, right, so you basically look at the sizes of populations, then what you might, what you would expect to see is small populations are not going to be locally adapted, but large populations will be locally adapted. And there is some support in the evolutionary literature for that pattern. There is some support that suggests that mechanism. There's not many experiments done to, uh, to really confirm that. I mean, it, I think those would be a, a lot more involved, but there's a, there are there are other patterns that suggest that 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 mechanism may actually be what's driving local adaptation. But again, the point of it, the point of understanding the mechanism, is to be able to make predictions. So then it would be great to be to look at a population and say, oh well, this is a small population, so it's not going to be locally adapted. Um, the problem is. Uh, I don't think that as a f at the field in the field we're we're really at that level yet to to be able to make those kinds of predictions, but that's what that again that's what uh, that's what the mechanism is for. That's why you want to understand these mechanisms in science. And I imagine all fields of science mechanisms are are just really important. And that brings me to the other topic. All this, this, the persistent racism that's in America right now. And it's really true. It's really persistent. It's funny. I remember when, when they first, when Obama first got elected, people were saying, is, this, is, is America now a post-racial society? Well, I think we, right now we know the answer to that is no. Right? America is definitely not post-racial. There might be some people who are post-racial, but as a whole, America is not post-racial at all. And that's not to say that other countries are post-racial either. I mean, that's the that's the funny thing about about this to me, is now there's all these other countries that's got their own problems and they, they point their finger at Americans. But you know, you say what you I mean, it, it's really it's really a strange year. It's really been a strange few years because you know, again, one thing about America, America compare America elected an ethnic minority to be the head of state. You're going to have a hard time, have a hard time finding other countries that did that, that would do that. Good luck. There I'm sure there's got to be some examples here and there, but I can't think of any of them. I mean, especially, you know, you look at when you look at a country like Brazil, Right, you look at a country like Brazil where everybody's black or brown, and man, I don't know where they find these white guys to be the president of Brazil, but they find the whitest dudes they can. I mean, I don't know where they get these people, but 
Somehow they find white guys to be president in Brazil every time, all the time. Or white women. There was a white. They had a woman president. But I don't know where they find these people. But America is looked at as the most race, as as super racist, and it is. But anyway, so what? I mean, what is going on? I mean, it's if you want to think that America is not racist, I mean, you just all you have to do is just look at what's going on lately. I mean, you got first of all, you got the you got the police. And it's not, you know, again, you got you to gotta say all this childish stuff nowadays because everybody flips out and everybody's looking for a reason to get offended. So uh, here, I'm saying this now so everybody, so, so that people who, uh, well, you can just take it out of context anyway, so I don't even know why I'm bothering. But there are a lot of racist cops in America shooting black people and getting away with it. Sorry, that's just what's happening. And, you know, you go through all these different reasons. It's like, well, he shouldn't have moved. He was moving around too much. Why is he so jumpy? to the Philando Castile thing. is like, why did he just stay still? He should have been moving around. He should have, he should have freaked out and told the copy that he had a gun or he shouldn't have told him he had a gun or what. I don't know. Like it's like, it didn't, it doesn't matter. Right. I mean, they, they, a 12 year old boy got shot and killed. A pregnant woman shot and killed. I mean, I can just go on and on. Right. So that thing, this thing with all the, all the racist cops just shooting people. All this NFL stuff. I mean, where, why, I don't even understand why these teams got involved in this. You would think after Colin Kaepernick's protest of the racism in America, the NFL, being smart, would probably say, you know what, we're just going to stay out of this. But no, those NFL owners, they're so racist, they got mad. And, and people, you know, people say, well, he hates America. He's doing this because he hates America. They know good and well. People who are mad at Colin Kaepernick for these protests or all these other players for these protests, they know good and well that this isn't because anybody hates America. They know that. But you can use that because you can, that way you don't have to say why he's really protesting because no one wants to talk about why he originally started the protest. Well, not no one, but people who are racist do not want to talk about that because they don't want to, I guess they just don't want to acknowledge it. And then, I mean, you got the president and the people around him, they're just straight up racist. They say racist shit all the time. They got this, this guy Kelly's now saying like, oh, we could have, you know, compromised our way out of the Civil War. I mean, come on, man. Like, I mean, and it's funny, people, tr people pretend to act like they don't know what that stuff means. Like, those people, they're speaking in code. They're, you know, and it's not even code anymore. They're just saying, like, straight-up racist stuff. And then, you know, you had this, that, that whole, uh, I guess it was like a white rights rally. I don't know what that was. They had that, that whole thing in Charlottesville where you had, you had young dudes. See, that wasn't like old people with those torches. That was young white dudes. With torches. They were mad as hell and they weren't going to take it anymore. What they weren't going to take anymore is, I guess, black people being people. That's the thing. that It really bothered them. So there's this racism. It's a lot of racism. And the thing I, I don't understand, the thing, the thing, and that's the pattern, right? And so the pattern that I don't understand is there's all this racism. And there's some things I understand. There's, I understand people who say, 
I understand that there's, there's types of racists that I, I totally get. So, like, when you get, like, the your straight-up clan, you know, cartoonish racist, you know, the kind of racist that Hollywood puts out there, that you see in Hollywood, like a person who's racist, like a person who, you know, a person who's like, these niggers, we got to get them off the streets, you know, all that kind of stuff. Like, the person that's just, like, that's just out the box, right? I get that person. That person just really genuinely hates black people. I get it. And they're just open with it. They're just out there with it. Okay, I understand that person. Right? Then you got, you know, you got your, uh, you got that, you got this, you got a really similar thing on the left, right? So you got like your, you got your, uh, your classic, you got your like classic American liberal. They don't even, and this is the people who don't even know they're racist, but they're super racist. These are the people who say stuff like, I don't see color. Or, they say stuff like, well, why is everybody talking about all this racism stuff? You know, what we, you know, the kind of people who pretend that there are no races. They, you know, they just don't see anything. You know, you got that. I understand those people to a, to a, to somewhat, a little bit lesser extent, but I understand those people. But the ones that get me, the ones, the people that get me is like, are the people who, they say, you know, they don't understand why. They, they basically say stuff like, if you keep talking about racism, then everything's going to be racist. Or they say stuff like, they don't understand why, um, like what all these black people are upset about. Or they, they don't, you know, they, the, the people who, they're these people, they, like, you know, you, 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 ask, you see them, you ask them about this, the Colin Kaepernick protests, right? And they're super angry. They're just like super angry about it. And it's like, you know he's not protesting, you know, your he's not protesting your right to get a sandwich, right? Like, like, but they're like super angry about this. And I don't understand it. Like I understand indifference. Like I if if you were a person and you just were like, look, hey. Police ain't shooting me. It ain't got nothing to do with me. I'm out. Like, I get that too. But to be upset about a person protesting, you know, people like him getting shot for no reason by police, if that upsets you, that's that's the one I, that's the kind of racism I don't understand. Because, again, those same people, you say, well, are you, you know, are you racist? They say, no, I'm not racist. That's terrible. That'd be terrible. You know, or, or like when Jamel Hill called Trump racist and people were like, oh, my God, she said that about the president. She said he's racist. Everybody knows he's racist. Everybody, everybody knows he's racist. I don't even know why. Like, like, what are we talking about here? And so. I just I don't I don't get. That pattern of all those people being so upset about. You know, a guy protesting his his people getting killed by police and then saying that they're not racist and like really, really adamantly, like adamantly, adamantly saying that they're not racist and saying America's not racist and that there's not racism going on. Or if there is racism, it's like reverse racism against white people. Um, those are people I don't understand because I don't understand why they what I don't understand is why are they why do they even care? So. Again, what is the mechanism? And I'm trying to figure out the mechanism. 
So, like, what is the mechanism that produces that pattern? Where do these people come from? Like, what are they? What are they saying? So, I mean, like, possible mechanisms. All right, let's go. Let's think about some of the mechanisms for this, for this pattern. Number one, maybe black people really do suck. Right? You ask these people, you know, they're they're they they clearly don't like the blacks, but maybe they got a point. Maybe black people just suck, and they're just tired of it. And that's their their reaction to it. They have a, a rational, to them, it's a rational reaction to the fact that black people suck. Could be true. That could be it. And they're just afraid. Maybe they're just, in some level, they're just afraid to say that they believe black people suck. I don't think black people suck. Okay, I know I'm biased. I don't think black people suck. When you look at, first of all, you look at all these, all these industries that, where there where racial barriers have been largely knocked down to some extent i don't see black people sucking so you know especially two things i could think about pop popular music culture sports i'm not seeing it i mean or maybe maybe all these people who are mad about this colin kaepernick protest maybe Maybe what they're maybe when you when you ask them about it and you nail it down, maybe they were all victims of some kind of crime by black people or somebody they or their their family member were was victims of crime by black people, and so they're just mad at the blacks now because you know their cousin got jacked up at a liquor store. That could be it, but I don't know. I don't know. I mean, all that because there are people who get I, I don't know. So that those those two possible mechanisms, black people really do suck, or these people know somebody who was victimized by you know all these rampant black criminals out here in the streets, because that's apparently what what's going on. But I think it's I have my own favorite mechanism. I I have my own mechanism for what I think it is, and I think. Because it's a certain type of person. It's never, you know, these people aren't, these people usually aren't, they're not wealthy. And they're not even really middle class. They're usually, you know, lower middle class. And so I think what's going on is, I think what they really want is they really, really want a lower class. Because they really want, like, they really want a group of people that they can look down on. And so if you have a group of people that you used to look down on that you feel like you should be able to look down on and then they all of a sudden start saying, hey, um, I don't want to get shot by the police anymore and I don't like that. And they protest it. And they protest and the protest basically is saying, I'm not going to participate in your system. You know, I mean, that's the thing about this, that national anthem protest. It's saying, well, this country doesn't support me, so I'm not going to support the flag or I'm not going to support the country or, or whatever, the national anthem, because the country doesn't support me. I mean, you're saying you're opting out of participation. And I think these people who, who want, I think that, that this group of people, they really, it's really important to them that black people participate. I know that sound might sound crazy. But I think it's really important to them that black people participate. That because if we stop participating, if we didn't participate, they wouldn't have this lower class to look down on. Who would they who would they have to look down on? They wouldn't have a lower class. 
I think that's why they need it. I mean, when you look at when you look at people and you look at history and and people, one thing you see over and over again, you see you kind of see two types of disadvantaged people. You see people, you see disadvantaged people who who want to fight the oppressor. Right? They want to fight oppression, you know, like your Martin Luther King's, your Cesar Chavez types. You know, they they want to fight oppression. But then you have disadvantaged people also. The other side is you have disadvantaged people who they don't want to fight the oppression. They're 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 being oppressed. But the way they fight oppression is they just like basically join the oppressor and they say, Yeah, we're on this side. So they like, you know, they run around behind the oppressor and say, Yeah, we're on this side. This is we're we're fighting for the oppressor. So we're not getting oppressed because we're fighting for the oppressor. We're we're their, you know, we're their right hand man. So, you know, people who, you know, don't really have, they're not police officers. They don't really have any, you know, they might have a cousin or something in the police, in the police force, but people who really aren't involved in it that much. I mean, they, you know, they, they're like, you got to support the police no matter what you do. Like these people who like really, really suddenly, suddenly are passionate about supporting the police because Black people said, hey, I'm tired of getting shot by the police or started tired of feeling like I could just easily be shot by the police and, and, and that would just be it. And they wouldn't get in any trouble. People protesting that, you know, that, that makes this other group of people say, you know, we have to really try to support the police because it's really important. So that's what I think the mechanism is. And that's, that's my favorite mechanism to be honest, for, for the, the persistence of this, of this type of racism that we have in America where you can, again, and these people, they can be racist. They can, they can, say, they can say all this racist stuff as long as they don't use the N-word, you know, as long as they don't do that, as long as they don't um, come out and say, yes, I am racist, as long as they say they're not racist at all, they can, you know, then they do that. And and what they want is they, I honestly think they do. I think they want, there's some, there's some idea, there's something in their psyche. You know, I think it's part of the human condition. I think they have something where they need to have these people that they feel like they can look down on. They feel like are lower than them. And so they want to join the side of the oppressor. They want to join the side, join that side so that they can feel good about themselves. That's what I think it is. That's my mechanism. That's, and that's, I mean, and I think that goes to just the human condition in, in many ways. And so I don't know. You know, I mean, sometimes you might feel, dep- sometimes you feel depressed about it and say, well, what, what's going to happen? I mean, how can we end persistent racism? I mean, maybe, you know, maybe if we had a totally socialist slash communist society where everybody was was equal, then we would we would be able to end all this racism. Or maybe if everyone, you know, did better economically, we could end all this racism. That might be true. That might be true. I don't know. I mean, but if we really understood it, one thing I think. One thing that I know is true about mechanisms, 
if we really understood the mechanism, then we could stop it. Now, the problem is, I don't know how many people actually want to stop it, but let's just assume that most people do want to stop it. I mean, most people probably, I'm sure most people in America do want to stop it. But what could we do? And that's the thing. We have to understand the mechanism. And I don't know if we're, as a country, if we're ready to really understand this me these mechanisms, but I think that's what we're going to have to do. And I think the key, I really do think the key to understanding it is to try to understand what makes a person, what makes a person want to join the, the side of the oppressor? What makes a person who has no real stake in a, in a fight or no real, maybe they do have a stake, but what makes a person say, you know what, I'm going to join the oppressor on this one? Like, that's the way I'm going to, like, what makes a person do that versus, again, being the person says that, that either is like, indifferent like look it doesn't have anything to do with me or say i'm gonna fight for justice what makes a person make that that third choice where they say yeah i'm gonna stick with the oppressor on this one i don't know but i think we got to understand it to um actually start to fight some of this persistent racism that's going on in america all right until the next time is all you say